How do you make work seem like play? That's what I'm going to talk about with Good Life Project founder Jonathan Fields on this week's episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jansen. My guest today is Jonathan Fields. He is a former New York City, and I got this right off his website, I can't make this up, mega firm SEC lawyer turned serial entrepreneur. He's also the author of several great books, uh, Career Renegade and The Uncertainty Book, uh, does a ton of speaking, coaching, consulting, uh, has a new project that's very cool called The Good Life Project. We'll talk about that as well. So, Jonathan, thanks for joining me. Hey, it's my pleasure. So, were you like one of those kind of lawyers that sued people and, you know, till they like, begged for <laughs> forgiveness? Because I'm, you know, I, I only know you in this life and I'm just saying, you know, right. yeah, I'm going to screw the shorts off you. Namaste. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Well, exactly. Of course it's how I was. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I actually started out working for the, uh, for the federal government. I was a Fed man. I worked for the SEC prosecuting insider trading. And then um, when in, in for my short stint in uh, private practice, I was at a big firm, and we were doing uh, hedge fund, venture capital work, private equity work. So we were doing deals. All right. So let's let's talk about let's talk about the life I know um, cool. with you, and that is, uh, in fact, some longtime listeners will know I've had you on here at least once. I know when Uncertainty Book came out, maybe maybe more often than I've been doing this yeah. a long long time, but. Um, I'd love to start off talking a little bit about your what I see as your one of your newest projects called the Good Life Project, uh, GoodLifeProject.com, and um, it's it, well, I'll let you explain it. What, what, what do you have going on there? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's sort of a, a business wrapped in a mission, and the, the bigger mission is really to inspire, educate, and support people who are looking to do substantial things in the world with a pretty strong focus on artists, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals. And um, the 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 business side, you know, actually looks like a media and education venture. So we have, you know, a website, goodlifeproject.com, where we produce actually a broadcast quality weekly web show. It's a, an in-depth Charlie Rose-style interview show, you know, filmed on location with a real crew. And uh, that builds an audience. It shares a whole bunch of, you know, information and inspiration and then uh, on the education side, right now we have one product, um, which is a 10-month-long training program called the Immersion, which enrolls one class a year uh, of 20 people. And throughout the year, we'll be starting to roll out a whole bunch of additional educational products, everything from shorter events to um, you know virtual trainings and really just sort of serving the community of people that we, that we serve and saying, hey, what do you need? What's not being done intelligently? And how can we solve your problems? Well, would you categorize that as, I think we were talking off the air, you know, this month, February uh, 2013, I'm talking, spent a lot of time talking to people about coaching and consulting. Yeah. I mean, would you call that coaching, consulting, training, uh, you know, psychotherapy? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> can I just answer yes? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, so, for example, the immersion program right now has, has three big elements to it. Um, uh, one is strategy, and that's uh, business and, and lifestyle. The second is accountability, and the third is community. And within the program, we actually have, you know, I have a faculty, so it's not just me with the program. We have a positive psychologist on staff. We have strategy people on staff. And then we have a small group of coaches who are, you know, who are their own independent coaches. They're phenomenal at what they do independently. 
but they're also really well aligned with with me with with the you know the philosophy of the project and and they know me and they know what we're building really well so they're they're actually um, this is actually the first time that we're, that we're bringing additional coaches into the program and um I did most of the mentoring and coaching with the last go around and now I'm stepping back from that a lot and actually positioning it uh we're doing something called virtual office hours which is kind of like you know professor and I have my virtual office hours twice a month and the actual coaching part of it and, and hands-on mentoring um, is now being moved into people that are my faculty. Well, and I want to talk more about the immersion program, but let me, let's back up a little bit because cause you're right, the sort of public-facing or most public-facing uh, aspect of what you're doing is, is these videos. And so now yeah. you, you mentioned that you do them on site. So you're, you're jetting around the country or you just are tapping people that happen to be in New York? or uh, what? Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a combination of both. So, so far we've filmed in New York, uh, Boulder, Colorado, San San Francisco, and no doubt there uh, there are a lot of other places that I want to go. I want to take the show international by the end of the year, also. But you know, I'm really fortunate in that I'm based out of New York, and a lot of people pass through New York, right. um, you know, at some point during the year. So what we'll right now we do a combination of on-site stuff where we actually fly somewhere and we'll shoot. You know, we're in San Francisco and we banged out seven episodes while we were there. Um, and then when we're in New York, what we'll usually do is we'll film TV style. So we'll take one day and we'll designate it as a shoot day. And then we'll actually film, you know, five interviews that day in one location. So we set up the crew in one place, and we space them out. That's a, that's a whole lot more forgiving, both in terms of us not having to, you know, set up, break down a whole bunch of times, sure. and financially also from, you know, being producing the show. Yeah, it makes it a whole lot easier because we can move a lot more quickly. Well, well and it's for for anybody, uh, you know, who's listening, uh, go to GoodLifeProject.com just because they. Uh, fascinating shows, but I'm also just amazed at the quality. Uh, as you said, you know, it's it's full professional stuff. There are no no flip cameras being used uh, on this set right now. It doesn't appear anyway. Um, let me ask you about some of the guests because one of the things I th- I find personally sort of fun and fascinating is there you have people on there that everybody knows. Uh, Seth was on there recently, for example. Uh, but you you seem to come up with some people that have amazing stories that prob- yeah. probably a lot of us have never heard of. I mean, you know them. Sure, they're famous in their little part of the world or whatnot, but I but I think that to me is one of the more enjoyable aspects of it. Yeah, and that was really part of what I was going for. You know, both and I, you and I are connected to a lot of people in the same circles, and we could easily I could fill you know a couple of years of shows with just going out to friends and relationships. But um, it's not interesting to me. You know, I, I know everybody's stories already, and I think a lot of a lot of my viewers and my readers, you know, they they know those stories already. What I want to do is is share, you know, new stories to um, really cross boundaries too. So a lot of the people aren't aren't traditional business people. The guy who the episode who um we just posted at the end of January um, is the lead. He's the soloist, the lead singer in front of an 80 person gospel choir at Glide Memorial Church in San Francisco, and he's got this stunning story, personal story also. But so it's really about shining the spotlight on people who are telling extraordinary stories with the way that they're living their lives, regardless of whether they're in business or doing something completely different. Let me ask you this as a, um, as a fellow interviewer. Um, yeah. Tell me about some of the shows you've done. Um, let me ask you a couple of categories. What's been the scariest show? Maybe scary, not like the person was scary, but you going in, anticipating. You know, Have you had one of those? Um, interesting. You know, probably there there are people that I was intimidated by before I knew them and ended up being completely sweet and genuine. Like Dan Ariely is one person who 
Um, I had no relationship with him, you know, and all we had done is traded texts, um, I think even just with his publishers before we set up the interview. And he's somebody who I've had great admiration for. He's brilliant, he's published, you know, he's he's all over the place, got a ton of New York Times bestsellers, and um, one of the smartest guys on the planet, a behavioral economist and, and um, psychologist. And um, so I, I I didn't know, <laughs> you know, I didn't know how that whole thing was going to go. And when we showed up, he turns, you know, he's an incredibly low-key, friendly, gracious guy. We just had a fantastic conversation. So I find that um, there have been situations where I've definitely intimidated in advance. But, you know, fundamentally, the format is, this is really interesting for anybody who's thinking about doing anything like this. I got blasted for telling people that I want to do a longer format interview show. They're saying attention is fragmenting. It's a disaster. It'll never work. Not only has it worked, but the interviewees have universally come to me afterwards and thanked me for actually giving them a serious window of time to go deep into things that matter. Because normally when you're interviewed on the air, especially on TV or radio, you know, it's five minutes and out. And it's kind of frustrating when you actually want to talk about more meaningful things and go deeper. Well, I, I I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I think a lot of people, the, the standard wisdom has become, oh, no, you can't make a video more than four or five minutes. Well, that's because nobody can make a good video for more than four or five exactly. minutes is, is I right. think, really the, the, the challenge. And I, and I, I do. Yours, yours are certainly riveting. And a lot of it has to do with, I mean, Dan is a great example. I mean, he's written all these books and accomplished all these things. But, you know, the story that doesn't always get told is is the adversity he uh, overcame and, yeah. and the, the real serious physical challenge that he had. And obviously that's, you know, that's something that unwinds over 20 minutes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, um, and it's, it's you know, the coolest thing about it is it started out as, hey, I want to raise a bar in terms of production value and do something really extraordinary in the world. But that the show has become the thing I can't not do. I just... I have so much fun creating the shows, so much fun having conversations with all these new people and learning about them and their lives. It's, you know, I wake up and I open my eyes and I kind of like, it, it, I'm just amazed that I get the opportunity to do this. Well, let me, uh, let me ask you one more question about guests. Um, can you point to one? I know this is going to be hard, picking your favorite child here, but can mm -hmm. you point to what's kind of been your favorite or maybe, maybe even most inspirational um, sit -down? Yeah. I, um, I think Dan Ariely's personal story was extraordinary. I mean, he was burned on 80% of his body when he was 18 years old and spent three years in the hospital, and that inspired him to live an, you know, an extraordinary life and career. The, um, the one of the conversations that moved me the most, and, and um, in part because she turned it on me a little bit, was Brene Brown. Huh. You know, and Brene yeah. Brown is this extraordinary research professor who, who researches shame and vulnerability and courage. And you know, she got one of the top TED, TED Talks in the world. And she's such a soulful, um, brilliant woman. And we just, we could have jammed for hours. And, um, and it's interesting because it's funny. When I feel that, the, the, the view counts in those shows tend to, to show it too, which mm -hmm. is kind of fascinating. And she actually kind of launched her, in some ways, the, the, her current career and uh, Ted notoriety. She uh, was on uh, TEDx KC stage about three years ago, um, and I mm. saw her and, and had a great chance to to talk with her uh, during that. And and that that TEDx talk got elevated to the to the TED site, yeah. and and pretty, mu pretty much everything <laughs> took off. You know, to the point now where you know she wouldn't return my phone call now. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and I don't mean that you know anything of her. She just you know she's she's got several layers of publicists. I suspect at this yeah, point, yeah. you know, um, that that are helping her out. So. 
is there an ultimate place you're going with this thing, or, or are you really just seeing? I mean, because I, I will, I'm going to ask you sort of a question. You can say, no, I'm not going to answer that too. But I mean, is this <laughs> this thing's got to be costing you a fortune? Is it making you any money? So, so is there an ultimate yeah. place you're going with this thing, and how the heck are how, how the heck does it work out revenue wise? Yeah. So, so let me answer the second question because it's a much easier question. Um, Amazingly enough, uh, you know, this, this venture has been substantially profitable from day one. And the reason is because we actually launched the immersion program two months before we launched the, the video show. And part of the reason I did that was because I wanted a substantial amount of revenue coming in to pre-fund the show. You know, and, and the program that we run, it's kind of like an alternative MBA program. So it's not inexpensive. And, you know, it's a substantial investment for 10 months of, you know, of your life. So, the the brand actually has been strongly profitable from the moment we launched it, including all of the costs of the web show production. So and paying my faculty and paying me, you know, like I, I'm not just working for free either. You know, I take a payroll. So um, yeah, money wise, it works, and it's only going to grow significantly from here because this, the audience is growing quickly. Um, the quality of what we're doing, I, I think, is really continues to set the bar. And we're going to keep solving problems and rolling out more solutions and events and experiences and programs. And those all, you know, they're, we're, instead of positioning ourselves as sort of, you know, bottom of the market available um, at a cheap, cheap price, I'm, I believe much more in providing extraordinary experiences that people can't find in other places and then charging appropriately. That's much more my approach to business and it's always been my approach to business. And, um, and it's tenable but you have to work like crazy to build something extraordinary. You can't just make it good enough and ship. So that's the answer to that question. The, the other question you asked, which is, where am I going with this? <laughs> um, and that's something that I'm figuring out. But one of the big things, I'm standing here talking to you, and I'm looking at a, a four-foot-by-six-foot whiteboard that's been gridded with Sharpie markers to represent the entire 2013. Hmm. And it, it's all planned out. I know what I'm launching, when I'm launching it. I know the different events and programs. We're already looking at 2014. But fundamentally, when I zoom the lens out even bigger from there, what I want to build is a movement. I want to build a self-actualizing, self-organizing movement where I can provide some tools to help people organize around themselves. But then fundamentally, make give people what they need so that they can go out there and actually do extraordinary things in the world. Um, in business and life, you know, from a mindset standpoint and also from a professional standpoint. So, you know, I want this to become a movement, you know, Good Life Project. I want everybody to, around the world, to be building their own Good Life Projects. Um, so I want to I create whatever they need to do um, to make that happen. You, you know, as I listen to that, and I'm sure a lot of people ask you this, I mean, that, that the promise of what you just talked about obviously sounds great, but... but you know the real. What's the reality of that look like? I mean, are there? I hate. To, <laughs> I hate to yeah, go back. Yeah. Go backwards in what we were just talking about. But I mean, is there a five-step program? You know, is there? I mean, and, and obviously it's different for everybody. I mean, that's one of the challenges, right? There, nobody's. Yeah. Nobody's good life is better than somebody else's. It's just different. Right. Um, so you know, but there is there is there sort of a pattern at least uh, that that you think is is necessary to accomplish this. In terms of me growing the movement or the business, no, I guess I was talking. I guess I was living good lives. Yeah, I was talking about the individual who sits there and listens yeah. to this because obviously so, people come to you and they say, "Help me!" You know, you can't do a right. one size fits all, but there's got to be some sort of commonality. I would think. 
There are, and and there definitely it's funny because people always ask me, you know, um, somebody asked me one day, they're like, well, who, how do you choose your guests? And I kind of told them the criteria, and they said, you know, well, you know, like, well, how do you decide whether they're living a good life? I said, I don't. You know, it's it's largely individual, but there are a set of sort of universal ideas or beliefs or philosophies that seem to be repeating themselves and emerging over time. We we actually just kind of took all of those and put them into what I call our living creed and published that on the site. Um, and that kind of took off on social media, which which let me know that we've, we're, we're hitting on something that's really resonating with people. So there's a whole bunch of shared ideas. Um, but out there, you know, fundamentally, it's also, it's got to be very individualized. So you're like, part of my belief is that, um, you know, there's a huge mindset element to it. There's a huge, you know, you can focus on happiness, but you also need to focus on meaning. Um, you know, so there are probably a dozen or so, maybe between a dozen and 20 different pieces of the puzzle um, that are probably fairly universal to a lot of people. And there are probably hundreds of smaller pieces that are very individual. But fundamentally, each person you know, decides and defines on their own what it means to live a good life. And that's you know, the closing question that I ask in each one of the interviews that I do on the web show is, what does it mean to you? to live a good life. And the amazing thing is that I don't think I've gotten a single answer that's been the same yet. So, but the gorgeous thing is that each person shares a piece of the puzzle. You know, they share stuff which is a little bit personal to them and then stuff which everybody can kind of buy into. You know, like when Seth answered, his answer was, you get to choose. You know, so fundamentally he's choosing, he's saying a good life to him is that nobody chooses for you. Yeah. So, you know, you just take all the nuggets like that, and over time, it starts to gel into a bigger ideology or philosophy. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, speaking of questions, I've been asking this question to a lot of people uh, of late. You know, what, what makes this work worth it to you? Um, I wake up in the morning smiling. I can't wait to do what I do for a living. I feel like I'm serving people in a meaningful way. Um, I'm able to generate enough income to to live comfortably and take care of my family and i'm able to build my schedule around my ability to be hyper present in the lives of my wife and daughter you know um one of the things that i've noticed again talking about patterns uh, uh because i've i've asked now thousands of people that question and almost every single person who believes they are you know doing work that's worth it um, has some element of what you just answered. And, and and I would say the difference between people that then totally feel successful in that is that they're also finishing things. Mm, yeah. And, and I Huge. think, you know, because there's so many people that, that, that start this idea of, you know, do what you love and the money will follow. Um, and, yeah, that's and, not me. <laughs> and, and I really think that um, there are a lot of people that get half of that and they don't get the second half. I mean, I, I, one of my most tweeted uh, <laughs> tweets I think I put out there is I said, I do what I love, but I get paid for what I finish. Um, and, and I think that yeah. that's the, what you're doing such a great job of is you're, you're finishing at a really high level. And I, and I think that that's the lesson people should cer certainly can take away from this. Yeah, and I think it's a great point. Actually, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because it's, um, everybody has great ideas. You know, but ideas are worthless. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, ex execution is what matters. 
Yeah. I, a lot of times when I speak, people will get up and say, you know, I have this idea, but, uh, I, you know, I can't share it unless you, you know, agree to sign an NDA. And I'm like, there's no point. Yeah, in never, NDA. never happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because, never uh, happens. you know, you could shout this thing out in this room full of a thousand people and, you know, nobody's going to do it. Um, right. Let me, let's go back to the immersion program a little bit. Can you just explain the nuts and bolts? And again, by the time people yeah, are sure. listening to this, uh, you, you will likely be sold out. But I, I think it's. Uh, for particularly for other coaches, consultants, heck myself, I've I've sort of longed to do kind of one of these uh, intense you know programs where you can bring people together and really see their growth and not just kind of you know give them a bunch of nuggets and send them on their way. So may, maybe yeah. explain that uh, that how that rolls out and what what have been the challenges and the, maybe the benefits of doing it this way. Yeah, so this is our second year doing it. So and and I learned a boatload about what to do and not to do over over the last year. Um, the first year that we launched it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a reasonable enough marketer and business person so that, you know, I could, I could create the information, create the idea and put up the landing page and, um, and we sold it very, very quickly. And, and then I found myself in the position of saying, hmm, okay, I made some really big promises. Now I have to actually go, you know, fulfill those promises. So, um, the first year was a lot of reactive, um, reactive living and building and stuff like that. And I didn't love doing that, but, you know, I, I really need to deliver on the promises. And then, you know, hopefully, well, actually, the feedback on, on, on the experience was that it was, it was great. Um, I wasn't sure about running it again, but when I did all this sort of the exit interviews with everybody, universally, people said some variation of this changed my life, not just my business, but my life. And if my core outbound metric is impact, I can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it, and we retooled the program this year. And one of the challenges in the first year was that there was a, a, I had a massive amount of involvement. It was largely the Jonathan Fields show. And that, that doesn't really work for me because it stopped me from doing a whole bunch of other projects. So this isn't the only thing that I do. Um, you know, Last year was the first year since 2007 that I wasn't writing a book, and I don't like that either because I'm a writer. So we retooled it this year. So the structure is we meet three times a year. Each one of those is three days, and it's three long, intense days. And we meet in different parts of the world that are really cool, where we can actually tap some local stuff that's happening to do fun, you know, really interesting things. So last year, our summer retreat was in Boulder, and we started every day, you know, sort of following the sunrise. We take a short hike up to this big rock outcropping, climb up to the top of the rocks, and meditate over the entirety of, you know, Colorado um, first thing in the morning. So, and we would leverage. You know, all of this. We had uh, in the closing evening, we took people to the tip top of the mountain in the North Foothills and, and had a drum circle. So I believe in creating extraordinary experiences mixed in with, um, you know, some really good training experiences. So we shared a whole bunch of knowledge, you know, along the way, too. There's a business curriculum and there was a mindset curriculum. So it's like a dual track MBA where, where half of it is business and half of it is mindset. And the mindset is all based, it's science-based mindset. It's not sort of pop psychology-based mindset. Um, mixed in with all of that, we have regular coaching with, um, last year it was mostly me. This year it's, it's my amazing faculty who's doing most of that, and I'm doing a tiny bit of it. Um, I set up these things called virtual office hours, so it's kind of like I'm a professor, and twice a month I'm on a conference line for you know, a window of time, and anyone who wants to swing by and and go into a topic can talk to me about it. And if there are other people who are, you know, swinging by virtual office hours during that time too, then we can all jam and and use a collective wisdom. Um, 
And what are the other elements? There's a there's a weekly accountability mechanism where everybody sort of stands up and, and declares what's happened during the week and everybody chimes in and supports and helps. But um you know, those are the big the big nuggets in the experience. And the idea is to create something that is is intense, that's sustained, that, that lets people travel to amazing locations and have have moments of transcendence and awe within those locations where they walk away and without any learning, just the experience itself is transformative in some way. Um, and also to like one of the huge, huge purposes of this for me is not to make people reliant on me so I can upsell them the next thing. I actually want to graduate them. And my, my biggest hope is that they become so self-empowered and so deeply connected with the group itself and they become you know their own cha- circle of champions that they move on without me and that they stay connected for life and keep supporting and inspiring and collaborating with each other and um, you know, last year that happened incredibly quickly with the group and they've accomplished amazing things and um, so this year it's you know I'm really looking forward to it also you know we've we put up the information about the program, got many more applicants than they have spots for, and, and uh, it's been an amazing experience. Yeah, and what, one of the you, you know things, I, I, I think there's no question anybody that's done a three-day thing, I mean, you, you bond with that. That's the only way to bond with that group. That's the only way to quiet the noise in your head, to, to actually make some progress sometimes. Yeah. And um, but, it, but it's interesting that, uh, um, you, you know, because people had such great experience and that you're you're overwhelmed so to speak with applications um it allows you to somewhat shape the group as well doesn't it oh absolutely i mean you know so we have 20 spots and you know, as a we have we'll end up with between four and five times mm-hmm. maybe even more the number of applicants so it's you know i could easily just take the first 20 people who show up and take their mm-hmm. money but that would be devastating for the program right you know, so there's a, there's a huge element of curation. So it's been an intense couple of weeks because I'm interviewing people. We're going through detailed applications. We're, you know, even the people that don't share much in an application, we're spending time across social media, like looking at, at all their profiles and analyzing them. So we're really trying, the most important thing for me is fit. Mm-hmm. Because if I have a group of 20 people that are going to spend the next 10 months together and, and three intense weekends, um, if we get the fit wrong... <laughs> That's not a good thing, you know, but if we get to fit right, magic ensues. So, so it's really important for me not to just take money, but to actually be really picky and spend a fair amount of time and energy curating the group to, you know, to the best of my judgment, um, to try and try and get that fit really good. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, that is inherent in your approach, and of course this goes unsaid so often, is, uh, I mean, you earn the right to do that not because you put up a great sales page but because of years of connecting people years of putting content out there years of building trust and i think that's the the that's the place you can arrive i think as a coach or as a consultant when when you're you know you probably had people that signed up last year uh just because they said this sounds something really cool that jonathan's doing and he always does cool stuff and i'm going to jump on board because you didn't know exactly what you were going to deliver, so I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, last, last year was much more amorphous, and you're absolutely right. There are definitely people who signed up saying, okay, you know, Jonathan's doing something. You know, He has a certain reputation. I trust him. I trust whatever he's going to do is going to be worth it. And if he's charging this much money, then you know, I trust that he's going to make it, you know, give me the value and, and plus some. And this year it's actually a little bit easier because now we have all these tremendous testimonials. Right. And, 
and references. So now if people say, hey, you know, can I talk to other people who've been through the program? I, you know, I'm like, yeah, you can talk to every single one of them. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 and as we go, it'll just become easier and easier because the body of graduates who are willing to stand up and say, you know, this was amazing. Um, does a lot of my work for me. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thanks so much. We, we, we've exhausted our uh, time that we can spend today. Um, uh, trust me, people, goodlifeproject.com. Go check it out. You will not be sorry. Well, you might be sorry because you'll get stuck there for a while. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, uh, really a great, great way to, uh, to, to start your week uh, in inspirational few minutes uh, I find every single time I do it. So, Jonathan, again, thanks, and I'm sure we'll, we'll see you in New York or somewhere out there on the road. Hey, thanks for inviting me.